0: I'm going to be doing something different today for the podcast and if you like it, I'm going to be doing this more and probably on a regular basis. So, here it is. It's funny because a lot of my clients who work with me, they tell me the same thing and I hear this a lot. They say when they're on a date or if they're in like a certain situation and they've been working with me, they say, "Kim, I was on a date and I was thinking to myself, What would Kim do? (laughs) And so, you know, really what this is, is not because I'm telling them what to do necessarily, but after coaching together, there are certain strategies and things that I have people work on where they start thinking about things more rather than, you know, kind of defaulting to their old patterns. So I decided to do a segment on what would Kim do? <laughs> and, and since I'm in your heads literally every week anyway, I'm going to call it that. And these episodes, what I'm going to do, I'll read scenarios, challenges, dating blunders, and really any problem that you might need solving. And then I'm going to tell you exactly what I would do to help you through it. And if you're old enough like me, it's kind of like Dear Abby, but in a podcast format. So I hope you enjoy it and let me know how you like it. Okay. So the first question is from a woman. She says, I am a very confident, independent woman. I think it scares men off even though they are attracted to me. I get asked out a lot, just seem to push them away. I'm working on getting more into my feminine side with dating while totally respecting myself. Oh my goodness. Okay, so what's interesting to me, and I actually hear this a lot, is that people sometimes use the words independence and masculinity interchangeably. And so I think sometimes women miss conceive that word thinking, oh, well, you know, men don't like an independent woman or a strong woman. I hear that, you know, a lot. So I want to talk about, first of all, the difference between independence and being in your masculine energy. Here's the thing. Men love successful women and, you know, women who, who got their stuff together and, you know, who have something going on, who have their own mind, they speak their own truth, And who is really confident. So that's highly attractive to men. But being in your masculine energy, that's kind of the energy that it takes when, you know, you're running a business or you're running the household where you literally have to problem solve, run the show. You're almost like the producer, in some ways. And and actually, that energy we all have, right? That's what serves us in business. That's what makes us successful and productive. And by the way, all men and women have kind of the masculine and the feminine side to them. But what I think happens is that, and I'm not sure what you're doing, the woman who wrote this in but i'm wondering how your independence plays out so for instance if the independence looks more like the masculine energy where you're not allowing a man to do things for you to receive to you know enjoy kind of that you know ebb and flow when it comes to the date i'm wondering If that's what's going on, because what's interesting to me is that you said that men are attracted to you upon first impression. So that means to me that, you know, there's a lot of great things about you that's attracting the man, but something is happening once they engage with you that's pushing them away. So usually what happens, and I work with a lot of people, as you know, in the field is that there may be something going on with your body language. There may be something going on with your messaging, the way that you're communicating with guys. And so when you say that you want to be in your feminine while totally respecting yourself, ladies, you can be in your feminine and respect yourself. All in the same time. And the fact that you're kind of separating that out is also interesting to me because I'm wondering about what your definition of femininity is. So that's the first thing that I would look at is what is your definition of femininity and how is that being played out versus, you know, what you're defining as independence versus masculinity? You know, taking a look at all three words and defining that for yourself the second thing is looking at ways that you can be feminine. You know, are you showing up in a dress? Are you receiving and having the guys, you know, open the doors and order for you and ask you out and plan dates? Are you asking questions and sharing yourself? Are you emoting and and eliciting more, um, kind of emotional conversation rather than more that like business transaction type of conversation which you know a lot of people get caught up into so i would take a look at those components first and see if it changes the dynamics also i want to say and this is the last thing is that if they're if they're losing that attraction after you know the engagement and i don't know when that's happening for you so you may you may want to take a look at that first and foremost is I'm also wondering if you're intimidating them. Because if you're really pretty and you're attracting these guys, but there's something about the way that you're talking and moving and and you know, engaging with them, there there might be this intimidation factor happening. So I hope that helps. You know, really there's never any hardcore right or, or wrong answers. It's taking a look at different components of yourself and the dynamics and change a few things to see if you get different results. Okay. On to the next question. This woman writes, how to get a guy, I want to know how to get a guy in a conversation with me instead of at me. This is interesting. I have been out with a man that goes on and on without taking a breath to even let me add to the conversation. Then I end up interrupting him to include bits about me in the conversation. Kim, I learned a lot from you, and I am trying to be proactive to have feeling tidbits about myself, but I feel bad that I have to interrupt I almost want to not go out on another date with him. He has had one date with another one planned and several phone conversations. I know he is interested in me, but not sure about him because of his conversation vomit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I love this. And I think I know who wrote this. All right. Well, first off, congrats about expressing yourself and you're re- I, it really does sound like you're working on letting a guy know more about you. You know, I, I've talked about this a lot. A lot of mistakes that women make, and I've been hearing this over and over again, is, you know, not once did the guy ask me about me. And then when I say, well, you know, at what point did you ever share anything about yourself? They say, well, I didn't because he didn't ask anything about me. So, you know, it takes two to tango, right? And because I work with just as many men as I do women, what they tell me often is that sometimes they get nervous or, you know, sometimes they might fill in the space and fire questions because you're not giving anything to them. So they end up just nervously kind of talking about themselves or, you know, asking questions, you know, just esoterically because they don't want to intrude or ask anything too personal. So a lot of times it's, you know, quite innocent from the guy's standpoint that they don't want to like overstep their bounds. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the guys who are, you know, all about them and and whatnot. And you, you all know that I did a whole podcast on narcissism and man children, but What I'm talking about is just pure conversation flow. And I think a lot of women get caught up assuming that good guys will ask them questions. But this is something I really work on with people when I'm out and about and we do our wing girl sessions and even my phone sessions is, you know, learning my social engagement formula so that you understand when to interject yourself, your stories, and your feelings So I want you to just kind of think about that. And remember, you're only 50% of the equation, so you can't change him, right? That's, you know, all you can do is kind of look at the things that you can do and get a different result. I say that all the time. And if he's still not, you know, having conversations with you and asking questions about you, you may want to send him my way anyway. <laughs> so that's a whole different story. But let's talk about what you can do in this situation. I mean, my first question to you is, you know, besides the conversation vomit, what else is appealing to you about this guy? I mean, he obviously is interested in you and you're pondering this because you're still kind of intrigued, it sounds like, but I'm not understanding or hearing what it is about him that kind of keeps you in this game. So if it is just the conversation vomit, then let's work on that because he honestly may not even realize he's doing it. Now this whole thing around feeling weird about and that you know almost like you don't want to interrupt him and you feel badly about it. There's other ways of having a guy you know listen to you without getting caught up in the verbal interruption. So here's something kind of ninja: try a nonverbal interruption. What if? as he's talking, you touch his arm and you look in his eye and say, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have something to tell you with a smile. What would that do? How would that break up this pattern? Because my guess is, he's going a mile a minute. And so your inkling is to try to interrupt verbally, but maybe he needs that nonverbal cue to just kind of do that. Not only, not only will it kind of interrupt that whole thing that he's doing, it's going to provide a sexy space to see the connection that you may have both with the touch and looking into each other's eyes. So try those things, you know, think about, what you like about him. If you want to stay in it and try a few things like nonverbal interruptions and eye contact and, and even telling him in a cute way, you know, I have a story for you. And so can I tell it to you? You know, and you can do it in really cute ways without being kind of like a hard ass. It's like, you know, I really would like to talk to you, but you keep talking over me. So I don't know like when to talk to you. Obviously do it in a very playful way, especially because you are on like the first, second date with this guy. And I bet you, you'll have a totally different impact. Okay. On to the next question. Hi, Kim. I'm getting over a really bad breakup, and I'm trying to get my confidence back after it. I've been divorced for three years. I have three boys who are all teenagers. I met an amazing guy online straight after my marriage, and we lived together for two years. Just broke up with him three weeks ago, and it seems the whole family commitment thing was just a bit too hard for him. I'm still pretty shattered, even though in my heart I know it's the right thing. After 21 years, I'm trying to learn to be single again and remember what I used to enjoy doing with my life. I'm keen to work on myself while I heal from this, but I also do want to meet that special person. So I want to try to get out there again soon, though not sure when I will really be ready. Also, How do I stop comparing new men to my ex-partner? And how do I give them a chance? Love listening to your podcast, Kim. It's so positive and gives me hope. Oh I think I know who this is too. And I I really love this question because I, I think so many of us can relate to it. I think we've all been in relationships before in different parts of our life. And it is hard getting back out there afterwards first off, I want to say, yes, there is hope. And if you believe, and if you can believe this, that the light at the end of the tunnel is going to be even brighter than before, I promise. And if you can really look at these relationships that you've had, where there were, you know, they, they served a purpose for you. They, kind of were a bridge to get you to where you want to go eventually. And each relationship, there are gifts, there are lessons. And it's what you do with those lessons is what's important. I'm not sure how soon you met this guy online right after your divorce, but it sounds like he was one of those transitional romances that I often talk about. And, you know, those those transitions are really important. It, it helps you feel loved again. It helps you get your mojo back. It, it helps you, um, you know, be in relationships that might be different than what you're used to. Or maybe there's some aspects of the relationship that are different that are necessary for the healing process, but often those don't work. And I wondered, You know, how much time you had been given yourself to heal before you jumped in this other relationship. So I think part of what's happening is that you're going through a grieving process. And that is why it's, you know, just really hard to get back out there. It's like, you know, it's almost like there's two parts of the brain that are fighting each other. It's like this desire to get back out and find somebody again. But also, you know, that you're needing to heal and there's some fear around you know, getting back out there again, too. So my overall advice is it's all raw right now. It just happened. And layer, you know, layers of grief kind of happen with this because when you experience a loss of one relationship, it kicks all the other kind of grief you've had in the past of other losses, even deaths. So it's an interesting thing how the brain interprets grief So, you may go through all of the layers of emotion of, you know, anger and sadness and, you know, all those things that happen to you when you're grieving. So, just be gentle on yourself. Go slow. Here's the thing I always tell people when they're getting back out I don't even want you thinking about the word dating. I think it's overwhelming for you. What I'd rather you do is number one, get back to the basics. You know, who are you and who were you before you got into these relationships? What do you like? What did you like that you can get into that maybe you couldn't do? Think about your hobbies, your passions, even things that you want to eat that you couldn't. I remember after my divorce, and this is the total truth. And I know it sounds so silly, but this is like a small example of how big it was for me. The first thing I did when I got a divorce is I went crazy and I ate a bunch of sushi. (laughs) I know that sounds weird, but my ex hated sushi. He hated seafood. And so for me, it was like an opportunity to like go wild with my sushi. I'm like, I don't have to worry about dinner with you know, somebody else, I can just enjoy my sushi. So I guess that's what I'm saying to you. Enjoy your sushi and enjoy whatever vice you have. You know, go crazy, have girls night out, maybe go take a trip to Vegas. Just go have fun. This is a time in your life when you can. And you have these three boys who are getting older. And I mean, it looks like the ages are, you know, are good because they can kind of vibe for themselves or they're not like these little kids. You're in a great time in your life and just enjoy it rather than rushing into another relationship. That's a big mistake that I see a lot of people do is that they'll rush into another relationship thinking that that's where their happiness is and feel loved and validated and belong. But I want you falling in love with yourself it's crucial. And if you don't allow yourself to do that, you are going to just kind of numb out, get in another, you know, relationship without keeping your eye on the ball and maybe in another unhealthy relationship. So really focus on you. And here's the other thing. I want you to replace the word dating with social, because I, I like, I like that word social Because it takes the pressure off of the dating. I think it has a different association when you use that word. So start rebuilding your social network. You know, are most of your friends married and coupled off? If they are, say that you love them dearly, but then go get yourself a good set of wing gals that you can go and go on manhunts and practice flirting. Exercise your flirting and dating muscle. This is the time to do it. And practice and and embrace being around male energy. It's crucial. I mean, you don't have to go out on dates or get into a relationship to be around men. It's awesome just even having like male friends. I think I shared this story on another podcast, but just to highlight it, when I I first got divorced, there was this great guy that, um, I mean, I think he liked me, and wanted to date me but i i told him that i really just wanted a friend and i had this big like crying moment with him and he said because you know i was so cool that he accepted and we became really good friends after and you know what that is what i needed at that time it was crucial that i had like a male kind of perspective and energy just so that i could see how i felt around men again so I hope that helps. You know, first is just kind of, you know, again, slowing down, being gentle on yourself, allowing yourself to heal and grieve, get back to yourself and start building your social life again. Okay, next question. I am very social, but the men I meet are not attracted to me. They all think I'm awesome, but no one wants to date me always the groomsman, never the bride. As I like to say, I know I'm not as attractive as some, but I was hoping a little personality would at least get me somewhere in life. Apparently, it gets you friend zoned immediately. Oh my goodness. I feel for you. (sighs) The friend zone. And yes, both men and women, Can fall into the friend zone, so I think um, a lot of times people talk about friend zone as just being something that men fall into, but many women fall into that. And I have helped thousands of women get out of this zone. It's not a fun place to be, and I totally feel for you. And first off, I just want to commit. I love that you are social. Can I just tell you that is half the battle? I mean, I work with a lot of shy people or people who get exhausted just, you know, thinking about being social. So the fact that you enjoy it and you're out and about is amazing, okay? So embrace that. Now we just got to tweak a few things because I have a feeling your engagement with men are friendly and that's really great, but they're not flirty. And there's a difference between friendly and flirty. So I want to talk about that. Upon first impression, you first of all, well, first of all, you only have 30 seconds to make a first impression, and now with Tinder and Bumble, as I say, it is probably a lot quicker, right? And people are making judgments and assumptions based on two things: the clothes that you wear and the attitude that you have. And the attitude includes your body language, your tonality, how you move, how you look, all of that, okay? So this is why I really love using the outside-in approach. You hear me talk about this a lot. Because this is the fastest way to break some of these barriers. I would love for you to take a look at yourself in the mirror, and even if you're out with a friend, assess yourself. What are you doing upon first impression, both with your attitude and what you're wearing, to create an atmosphere of femininity and flirtation? And this is one of the best things you could do, and it's easy. I mean, my God, if you knew, and this is a true statistic, if you knew that 55% of your dating success increases just based on the clothes you wear. Why wouldn't you try this stuff, guys? (laughs) I mean, this is the fun stuff, right? So if you're getting friend zoned and you're wearing a corporate suit when you're out and about or you're not really paying attention to your dating wear, hey, that's an easy fix. Go get yourself a red dress and just try it on for size. It's a costume. You know, you got to almost think of your dating wear and your social wear as a costume. And it should be something that is different than what you're wearing, you know, when you're working or if you're, you know, a stay at home mom or or whatever it is in your other parts of your life. Because what that will do is it'll create a different energy about you and a different first impression. So that's the first thing. The second thing is taking a look at your body language. Are you sending signals that you are a fun, energetic, magnetic person. Do you look in the mirror and do you see a sexy woman yourself? Do you view yourself as sexy? Because here's the thing. If you look in the mirror and you think that you're not as attractive and you even said that in in what you wrote then guess what? Guys are not going to see you as attractive. So this all starts from you. And I can hear you saying, oh, well, you know, there are women who are much more attractive than me, but it's just a reality. You know, I, you know, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, there's always going to be somebody who you think is more attractive. But the point is, is looking in the mirror and you seeing an attractive woman. Because when you see it, the guy is going to see it. So I would love for you to practice really owning your beauty, your femininity, and seeing yourself as a sexual, flirtatious woman. Because when you start seeing that, you will definitely become that. It actually reminds me of that movie that just came out. And full disclosure, I did not see it, but I saw the trailer and I loved it. It's I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer, and it's about a woman who struggles with. You know, feelings of deep insecurity and low self esteem. And when she looks in the mirror, she hates what she sees and that holds her back every day. And she doesn't date and she thinks she's, you know, too fat and all that. And then she falls off a bike in a like soul cycle class or something like that. And suddenly she like gets up and she believes she's a supermodel. I love this because. It's kind of like what I'm telling you to do. You don't have to fall off a bike to see yourself as pretty and flirty and all that stuff, but What if you acted as if you were a supermodel is my point. What if you put on different clothes? What if you walked into a room and started working on, you know, attracting men everywhere you went? And I wonder if that would make a difference. That newfound confidence will empower you to do more of it and send the signals to the guy so they see you differently. So again, this is all how you view yourself. And often when I'm coaching people, it's helping you go from like regular friendly conversations and cranking up the flirting dial so that you're actually getting responses from men that they see you as a sexual partner. And that's the difference between being a nice lady and a flirtatious lady. So I hope that was helpful. I know like without using visuals, because often I'll, you know, tell people when I do webinars and stuff like that, I'll see like the before and afters and also help you with your body language. But really, it all starts with you. Okay, we have time for one more. And then we will wrap up. And if you, again, if you like this format, we will continue to do this. Hi, I've been single for the past two years after leaving my ex-husband, dated a lot with no lasting one. I'm just trying to figure out how to meet quality men. Where are they? Okay, I have a really easy answer for this. They're everywhere. Quality men are everywhere. (laughs) I get this question all the time. Ladies, they're in the grocery store. They're in the coffee shop they're online, they're at parties, they're at special events, they're at birthday parties, they are on field trips. That's where I met my uh, boyfriend, by the way. They are everywhere. (laughs) But the thing is, let's just start with the word quality. Okay. I love this because women use this all the time. And when I talk to men, men are so confused by this word. They say, well, what, is, what does that mean? Like, what does a quality man mean? So I guess my first question to you is how are you defining quality? Okay. Is it somebody who's successful? Is it somebody who is, you know, have healthy, um, fitness-wise, mentally, who's emotionally available. I mean, whatever it is, because I think the clearer you define who it is you're looking for, that's going to help you know where to find them. If it's just this esoteric word that you're throwing out and you're not really like clarifying that for yourself, then then again, it's almost like throwing darts with a blindfold on. Who are you targeting? So take a look at the definition and then ask yourself, are you matching that vibration? Are you putting out what you're trying to attract? Are you going to places where those guys are? Are you rounding out your dating portfolio just like your financial portfolio? Are you diversifying? Or are you just numbing out swiping online and saying there's no good quality guys? So shake it up. That's the best thing, you know, if you're not getting a result and you're you know seeing the same guys over and over again and it's like groundhog's day and watching the same movie, then go to a different movie. Go to a different place. Wear a skirt instead of pants. Take a different route to work. Start getting creative and shake up the snowball, as I call it. You know, it's like when, when all the glitter is down on the ground and in a, in a snowball, it's the same globe that you see. But when you shake it up and the glitter falls all around it, you see a completely different globe. So when you shake things up, you're, you're also changing patterns for yourself. So, I think that's probably my number one answer to this question is really taking a hard look at yourself and what it is that you're putting out, what the true definition of a quality man is, and then creating a plan, a dating plan to go after that. You know, when I work with people, that's the first thing I do is getting really clear on your mission statement and what it is you're looking for. And I can't tell you, I would say eight times out of 10, people do not know exactly what they really want. They think they do. But when I when I really ask the question, what is it? Can you define in like four sentences what you're looking for? They can't give it to me. So really get clear on that. and And then take a look at your mission statement and your goals and what the definition of the quality man is. And see if... You are doing something to create that energy and that vibration to bring those men into your life. And it, it's it's funny how that happened. We do this in business, you know, where we'll write down goals and we write out a business plan. But why aren't we doing this for our dating life, our social life? So uh, actually, that's something I really help people with, you know, getting really, really clear on what it is that they want. We sit down. We develop a dating plan. We put stuff on the calendar. I hold you accountable. You make commitments. That's when things start happening. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed this segment of What Would Kim Do? And of course, I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, and thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to get some of your questions answered, I encourage you to join my new Facebook group it's called the love makeover insiders and it's a group of supportive women all working on their love life and actually a lot of these questions came from the group so it's it's a fantastic way of getting some of these you know questions and challenges that you're having answered And if you're not in the group, another way that you can get some of your questions answered is to private message me on my Facebook page, Kimberly Seltzer. I'll give you the link here in the show description. And just, you know, send me a message. And I would love to answer some of your questions right here on the podcast. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.